Hello and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of entertainment relevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which Noah, by the way, is a corpulent director in his twilight years peddling cheap champagne in commercials for cigar money. <laughs> cigar money. Yes. I like you. You have a, you have a specific uh, slush fund for yeah. cigars. Ah, the French champagne is known for its fine excellence. Uh, and I am joined, as always, by this man, the other voice on the other end of the... We're just here to amuse ourselves. <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, pretty much. I'm Noah Tarno. I'm founder, senior quiz master of the Big Quiz thing. The trivia game show is spectacular. It's good to be back, Bill. We uh, we missed a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, well, I was trotting all about the East Coast of the United States. I got to see uh, a lot of friends, which is really nice. Uh, did some did a nice project uh, with my old friends at uh, Film Eighty Nine. Not not Film Eighty Nine. Wrong, wrong, real. I have so many podcasts, I can barely keep track of them. Uh, you're, yeah, you're a th- podcast star, man. You're a mover, you're a shaker. It is. I was actually on camera talent uh, this time, which I'm, I'm very happy about. Nice. Uh, so I'm looking forward to I'm cutting this project myself. It should be interesting. In a couple of weeks, I will have some results, and uh, then the proof will speak for itself that I, you know, I should get my after, after card. You know, I should get my SAG card. It really, uh, I think people will believe my, my skill on camera as a. Uh, as a, as a correspondent. So how does SAG and AFTRA work today? Like, can you get, if you do nothing but like internet videos, can you join SAG? Is that uh, a vacation? That's a good question. That's out of my depth. I do know that, right. um, you know, the one thing is really it comes down to if you're in SAG and you do internet work, do you get paid for it on guild scale? That's the real uh, question. Not like, not the other way around because no, you know, we make plenty of internet videos and we don't, there's not, nothing to do with the guild. But the thing is, if you're in the guild, it's got to cover that work that you do because it is legitimate and people make a lot of money off right. it. Uh, so those who don't SAG, Screen Actors Guild, you know, the union basically for screen oh, actors. And what does AFTRA stand for, Noah? Uh, American Federation of Trade Representatives Who Are Awesome. I don't know. What does it stand for? Uh, no, I think it stands for uh, uh, Almond. Uh, almond. This is, this yolk, is not correct. This is not uh, yeah. correct. Yeah, yolk, because that's, that's, that's... Elevator, that's what, dishwasher, uh, staircase. Yeah. Yeah. AFTRA stands for... Uh, well, SAG-AFTRA are combined. I didn't now realize they are, that. Yeah, they're, they're one union. American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. The SAG-AFTRA is an American labor union representing approximately 160,000 film and TV actors. Journalists, radio personalities. Uh, president, you know who the current president is? Is it? No, I don't think I do. Is it Modi? Fran Drescher. Oh, Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher. She was running against Modine. Yeah, uh, my friend is the one. Is Modine's really? production partner? Yeah, but Fran Drescher won. And in the end, it was it was the uh, the big beautician in the beast uh, lobby that held her up. The uh, the the secretary treasurer is Jolie Fisher. Um, yeah. So I guess my question is like, I mean, I could probably read something about it, and I've never bothered. But like, are like YouTube stars? People like that, do they get to join these unions now? Um, I Probably think... not, because YouTube won't monetize them if they do. Uh, that's not entirely true, but who knows? I think it has more to do with the unions still had a lot of arcane bylaws. And, you know, for a long time, sure. they had they had um, uh, argued this contract a couple of years back when they did negotiations, which had really shitty remunerations when they could not predict accurately the tide of internet uh, videos and how much money would come from that so the thing is people were they were working for uh, uh, pistachio shells for the longest time 
And they were they were like begging the union, please renegotiate this because we're getting our asses kicked out here. Look how much the, these companies are making so much off of internet videos and are you know we're dealing with like a contract that had 1990s era language in it. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't know why we're talking about this because it's important. This is people ask it's people wanted to know not what anyone wants our opinion on because we're very un- not well informed on it. But speaking of topics, we're not well informed on. Yes. Uh, you know, our remit on this show is to talk about something hot and cool, current and happening. And, um, I mean, we're probably a couple weeks late with the peak, but it's certainly still going on. Oh, uh, yeah, this is the yeah. rare episode, folks, where we look at a video game, the hottest video game in 2022. Uh, Bill, why don't you tell us what that is? Once again, I may have screwed this up because I did a lot of research into Elden Woods, uh, who you might know better as Tiger Woods. I think I must have it's Eldrick. His name is Eldrick Woods. Yeah, Eldrick, not Elden. No, at first I thought it was Elden, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jeffrey Owens' character from the Cosby show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But wasn't his name Elvin? Was it Elvin or Eldin? Was it Alvin, the guy from the Chipmunks? Is that a no, different No, it was, it was, who, what was it? Was it Elden or I hate to reference the Cosby show. It was Eld, but, El, 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 Elden I mean, Ring? Jeffrey Owens didn't attack anyone as far as I know. So. Not that we know, that's uh, true. Yes, we were, we were discussing impre- imprecise, just just no more jokes. Elvin. Elvin, Elvin was the character in the Cosby Show. We were discussing Elden Ring. E L D. Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Not not anything else we just said. Not the lies. Tiger Woods is Eldrick. Enough of my mendacity. Let's get down to the truth here. Get the brass tacks, baby. So Elden Ring is an expansive role playing game situation intended for every conceivable platform, video game platform, from renowned game manufacturer From Software. That's their name, From Software. Well, uh, isn't it also from uh, Bandai Namco, yeah, the company that gave us Pac-Man? Yeah, I think that's the distributor, but these are the yes. developers. Like this is yeah, the developers trust. are from. So that's not a good name for a company. So they, uh, the, you know, tell me if I'm speaking uh, Sanskrit to you guys here. If I start naming these titles, they've created games called Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, Shadows Dice Twice. That they have a, a, I mean, more than that, but more recently, that's their reputation. They've almost invented this. Uh, I don't know what you call it. A blocked combat mechanic game series. Uh, it's very uh, elaborate, different themes, uh, but they like hold this corner of the market right now. The specific uh, role playing game system. Uh, their secret weapon, though, is a game design polymath, a man named Hidetaka Miyazaki, who is no relation to the animator from Studio Ghibli of the same surname. Uh, Elden Ring launched in February to breathless anticipation of millions of gamers who were waiting for the next impressive drop from this company. Uh, once it came out, the reviews from millions of gamers uh, uh, indicate the fandom has not been disappointed. Those same millions of people. Metacritic listed at a 96 out of 100. Uh, of course, Metacritic is not a critic itself. It is an agglomeration of reviews. So that indicates it's, it's that... A, it's a Metacritic, so to speak. Yeah. yeah you might you won't even say that because it's that's what yeah. it's called. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so just about every media outlet, if you drill down, pretty much reflects that gradation. 96 out of 100, 96 out of 100, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. It's, the Guardian know. said the head Headline said, an unrivaled masterpiece of design and inventiveness. That's a poll quote, folks. That's what you want to put on your poster. I think I wrote that, didn't I? That was my review. I think I put yes, that. Yes, you are the video game reviewer of The Guardian. I am yes. The Guardian, yeah. I am The, yes, Guardian, the Guardian from DC Comics, the guy with yeah, the Jim, golden Jim helmet. Harper, the, the Captain America ripoff. Although created by Jack Kirby, so, you know. To be fair, to be fair, yeah. Uh, so this game is based on a Bible and mythology, not the Bible, but a Bible and a mythology designed by George R R R R R R R Martin. Leave the ass, leave the last R off for savings. 
He keeps adding more R's as a way to waste time instead yeah. of writing. He's his writing a fucking book that he should be. He'll writing. just add another R to. to I don't even read his novels, and I'm upset by the fact that he's fucking taking his time. <laughs> Honestly, it's just, it's just, I'm offended by it. Do you know what I learned about George R. R. Martin recently? What's that? In the '60s, he was a Marvel Comics letter hack. If you look, oh, yeah, at you know what? The, I did read that. Yeah, yeah. If you look at some of the comics from the Golden Age of Marvel, you know, Smile and Stan and all that, and Kirby and all that. You look in the letters pages and, and his name pop. I guess he was a teenager. His name pops up more than a few times. It's yeah. pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, the plot synopsis of this game is as follows. And I'm going to throw to my good friend Noah because I, <laughs> I believe he, he can, he can uh, yes. uh, lock down the plot better than I can. Yes. Please, Noah, take it away. The Golden Order has been broken. Rise, tarnished, and be guided by grace to brandish the power of the Elden Ring. And become an Elden Lord in the Lands Between. In the Lands Between, ruled by Queen Marika the Eternal, the Elden Ring, the source of the Erd Tree, has been shattered. Marika's offspring, demigods all, claimed the shards of the Elden Ring known as the Great Runes, and the mad taint <laughs> of their newfound strength triggered a war, the Shattering. A war that meant abandonment by the greater will. And now the guidance of grace will be brought to the tarnished, who are spurned by the grace of gold and exiled from the lands between. Ye dead yet live, your grace long lost. Follow the path to the lands between, beyond the foggy sea, to stand before the Elden Ring and become the Elden Lord. Nice. Now that is taken. Clap, 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 clap. Think taken from the official Elden Ring uh, website, and I will get more to it when you ask me my opinion. But I will say, even though I was reading that, I fell asleep halfway through. Uh, yeah, you know, I believe that was that copy was the same that appeared in Galaga back in 1986. <laughs> Speaking of Bandai Namco, I don't know if they created that, but so let's talk know. about uh, Cold Heart Factory. Let's get down to yeah. digits and numbers, tabulation. Yes. So this yeah. thing sold 12 million copies within 12 seven, million. 12 million. I did say million. Within 17 yeah. days of release, which is pretty good for a 59.99 US dollar listed product. This is the stuff I was actually really interested in because I mean this this is the metric people aren't really talking about when we discuss video games. Even on the show we haven't really talked about this. Uh, it had an estimated 5-year gestation period. Now these these are all assessments. These are, I don't they don't report. This is the deep dark sludge of video games. They don't talk about these things. A 5-year turnaround period. A supposed budget of anywhere between fifty to one hundred and fifty million dollars, uh, which makes this modern video game, or I should say, a modern video game of our of our era, on par with any feature film in terms of investment. Uh, although the tentpole movies could, like you know, if you watch Endgame or The Batman, they could cost upwards of two fifty to three hundred million dollars. But they're supposed Jesus. to they're supposed to earn a billion. That's a different story. Um, so and and but you know, take take this into account. The gameplay could range anywhere from 50 hours which is just essentially running through the skeleton of the thing completing the missions to as many as 120 hours uh, i would say for maximum task completion not to include uh playability because you know this game is what they call a sandbox an open sandbox which means yeah. you could you could just while away months right. inside of it the missions from what i gather the missions are not really the main thing it's more just about playing around. And, right. There's a skeleton. You know, the, the game, the, it's yeah. less about a goal and more about, you know, playing around and but, killing I mean, stuff and right, fighting need, and all much that. Much like a, plot, yeah. a movie plot, you know, movie scripts just still tend to be at whatever, 120 pages or 
uh, you know, there's a structure to it to, to pad out a movie, and people really don't have much luck in terms of making movie structures strange. Video games also have, even though like you have more flexibility, they, there's still the idea. Oh, there's a plot inside. It's linear, A to B to C to D, and you finish it, and you know then you get to just play the game in whatever thing you want because it's an open sandbox. So anyway, no, you we brought we brought this up, and you just suggested doing it this week, and it was kind of unavoidable. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm very curious about this because it's I know how I feel about it. It is it's a it's a sensation and a phenomenon, but you're not a video game player. So how does this how did this strike you? Well, let's be clear here, folks. In case it hasn't been clear so far. Neither of us played this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Neither yes. of us played this. Neither of us ever will play this. We are not video game people. Um, yeah, so, you know, take everything we say with, like, a giant, giant bag of Epsom salts. Um, look, I'm not... I've said this before on other topics. I am not the... You know, George R. R. Martin, in case we didn't explicitly say it, is the Game of Thrones dude. I watched five episodes of Games of Thrones. I was done. I, I watched the first uh, Lord of the Rings movie. I was done. That kind of fantasy does not click for me. So Elden Ring, Eldrick Tree, Eldrick Woods, you know, Elvin Thibodeau, whatever you're talking about. I, I just, I'm gone. I'm out of there. Out of there. Split his head. Out of there. I don't like fantasy and I don't like video games, but I respect both as media slash genres. And this looks great. I watched a few videos, I read a few articles, I watched the preview, I watched a couple guides, I listened to some nerds on on, on YouTube, you know, do semi-playthroughs and stuff like that. This is a beautiful, beautiful looking game. And, you know, you said $150 million, and often I hear, oh, it took $150 million to make this movie. That's two people sitting and talking to each other. I'm like, where did the money go, right? <laughs> Do you remember the joke? Do you remember the joke? This is old. This shows how old we are. 1999, when Blair, uh, Blair Woods, Blair Witch Project came out, people were like, wow, it made all this money. It only cost $59,000. It only cost $59,000. And Chris Rock made a joke. He says, I can't believe it cost that much money. What did they spend $59 million on? No, it wasn't even $59 million. It was $59,000, right? Yeah. yeah. $59,000. Like, it's these three idiots walking around in the woods. What did yeah. they spend $59,000 Nat- Natural light, low-grade cameras. Exactly. Yeah, where'd the money like, go? But I look at this, and you, you say $150 million, and I see that money. I mean, the level of detail, the beauty, the smoothness of the movements, the variations on how to play. And that seems to be a real hook here. Like, there's so much you can do. You you customize your character. You have dozens and dozens of weapons you could choose. You have to repair the weapons and fix the weapons and customize the weapons. You have to... Uh, customize your armor uh you you know you're both fighting and and using magic and spells you're crafting you're building things there is such a world world here and meanwhile i read an interesting article that said one of the refreshing things about this and i guess this is a hallmark of from software is that the interface is very simple one of the things that turns me off not simple relatively simple i guess uh, one of the things that turns me off from video games often is just I look at that screen and there's 8 million stats all over the screen. And I, I, I can't keep track. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'll be honest. And, it looks really daunting, even the stuff I've seen. I mean, really, yeah. yeah. Well, but this looks less daunting. Okay. Because you look at the screen and there's relatively – there's a the little like energy bar at the top, which we know from fighting games we played in the 90s. And a few other things. And while I still don't get it, I feel like I got a better chance of getting this. Again, I'm never going to play this, ever. 
But like, if I were to try and have a better chance of understanding this, then I mean, if you remember an episode a couple of years ago, Fortnite just had me on my ass. I had no idea what the fuck was going on, right? And I even tried playing that. Um, so it just seems I don't know if accessible is the word because they also say this game is hard. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It doesn't really have a beginner level. But like, if you're already a video game person, you'll catch on quicker. And by the way, this is something I bristle with. You know. Um, I run trivia games and like many companies we had to adapt to a virtual format two years ago. And one of the challenges we run into is sometimes we think our format might be, there might be too many things to juggle when you're looking on a screen and talking to your friends and all that. But I look at shit like this and I'm like, all right, if you're in the under the age of 30, this is not too much to juggle because they're used to this video game world where they're looking at a screen. They're juggling and, and you're speaking on discord at the same time. Right. I'm yeah. I'm asking people to juggle three things. Yeah. Right. You know, in and not have to speak some, you know, mystical elf language or something. Um, so I think this thing looks great. It looks fun. It looks cool as fantasy and video games go. It certainly looks creative. Uh, I'm never going to play it ever. Never, ever, ever. Um, you know, what's the downside? Uh, you said 150 hours. I certainly see how this can become addictive. I guess there's a very old question at this point. Are video games addictive? Are they bad for people? I don't know. I think video games got to be better than just sitting there watching TV, you know? Like, it's interactive. You're thinking. You're And especially a game like this where you have to be creative and you have to be strategic. I mean, a couple videos I watched really made a point of, like, you have to tailor your attacking style, your fighting style, to the different kind of monster or villain or creature you're fighting. And, man, the types of creatures, everything's different. Very creative, very scary and intriguing. And you really have to use your brain to play this. So there's a strategy element that seems really smart. Um, so yeah, this might be the the best thing the I Don't Get a Podcast has ever looked at among the things that I will never, ever engage with. That's fair. I think it's it fair. Is, so. it, is, it is dethroned pickleball as the best thing I will never try. Right. we talked about I mean, I, I, yeah, I, everything I saw was mind-boggling. And I, I mean, I actually do play games, but the thing is, I don't consider myself a gamer because I only like any time because I have, because you you don't hate women because I, yeah, I'm not a racist or I'm not not aver, not avowedly a racist. <laughs> yes, but uh, there's a couple. I, I, I have two games. Sorry, I know that's mean. Sorry, gamers. I that's mean. That's don't negative stereotype. It's also it's also rather accurate as well as being mean. Uh, at the same time. It's just, it's yeah okay. You know, but but the thing is, I I have two games that I, I go back and forth between playing. I play uh, Grand Theft Auto Five and Red really? Dead, Red Dead Redemption Two. The thing is, though, is that when they come out, those are big games from that company called Rockstar. Um, you know, and the thing is, these guys from is I don't know if they're neck and neck. I think Rockstar. They, these are the two guys in the business who are pretty much at the top. They they put out these world stoppers. It's like that's Disney. And Universal, right? That's the two gigantic studios. Not that other, there's not a billion other games being made. Of course there are, but these are the two that actually stop the axis of the world from spinning for a moment. And, uh, you know, the thing is, it's like those games are, there's something about the sandbox of those games. They're more based in reality. I like the gameplay. I've just really gotten, since Grand Theft Auto started coming out, I guess around 1999, 2002, I forget when the first one was that I played. Um, I pretty much have stuck with those, so I just don't go all over the place. I'm, I'm really just to dip in and dip out the kind of games I like. So I could I, I watch this and think, God, this looks like I could imagine playing it, but I much prefer watching YouTube videos of other people playing it, so I'm not getting frustrated Jeez. by it. Also, Jeez. trying to figure out how— I, I can't relate to that, man. Those videos, I want to punch 
every nerd making those videos. Sorry. Well, I like the ones without without uh, commentary. People just playing the game are like, okay, right. just seeing just uh, the amount of coordination that it takes to do all these things, all the things you're saying at the same time, to make fucking arrowheads by hand, and then to fight a giant like leopard wolf, uh, you know, mutant fish goat guy with, with with the panda on his back and all this shit. You know, like there's such crazy imagery in this thing you know the world is so fully fleshed out and and you know the the processing power that require that uh, you know this demands of either your pc or your game system your playstation 5 uh is insane i mean not to get you know weird about it but it's, it's got 60 frame at least 60 frame refresh on this thing so it's like you're watching the most crisp image it's video it doesn't look like film it doesn't move like film in front of you with that sort of persistence of motion it looks yeah. like unnatural video but that, there's so much detail and colors you know color shading and, and, and hdr that you really need top of the line hardware to make this game move i guess i mean it's I feel I just watching a YouTube video. I'm like, wow, this is pretty. It's oh, yeah. pretty. I mean, maybe it'll look better on the, the on greatest gigantic, flat screen in yeah, history. A gigantic high res and HD TV or something like that. It's still pretty, you know. Oh, it's, it's very. Pretty, I'd rather yeah. play in a pretty environment than you know the freaking Atari I played in 1984 or whatever. You know what really what's interesting about these games, especially the ones that come out of Japan. You know, again, I haven't played a ton of these things, especially if they're in the fantasy thing. The like this guy Miyazaki, who who is really that he's riding herd on this, he's so influenced, and a lot of these Japanese guys are by imagery that is, you know, what is it? it's Anglo-Saxon imagery, Norman, yeah. Celtic, Teutonic, it's we Roman Catholic stuff, man. Like it's a, yeah, but that's I mean I think of that as Norse kind of you know it's like all the heavy metal bands right. But but there's also like there's stuff that looks like um, Sagrada Familia you know like a gigantic uh, it looks very much like a uh, a cathedral that's like it could have been St Peter's or something and it's like and that's next to then Tree Man in the woods with his fucking bone blade which that could be like the cover of a Norse album it's just so syncretic from all these things. And again, it's like someone from Japan looks at all this Western stuff, or even, I guess, Central Asian, depending on where these influences come from, that they could use guys. There's One of the, one of the bosses in this game is a massive turtle, and a massive turtle yeah, who's wearing a bishop's, a bishop's miter. And it's like, that is amazing. So you, you grab all this Roman Catholic imagery, all this other stuff, but you divorce it of that spirituality. You divorce it of the meaning. But that happens all the time. I mean, I know. But the way look the at Japanese out here, do. you could find a thousand things that take Japanese imagery. I mean, this is something I've said on the show before. I'm always skeptical when someone's like, oh, it's cultural appropriation. I'm like, but that's what culture is. It's appropriating, sure. no, not what I'm whether about... from your neighbor or from the other side of the world. What I think, just as long but, as you're but, not pissing in people's faces i know the phenomenon you're describing of us right. eating other people's stuff and reconstituting it, it why wouldn't they eat Western i know stuff? but yeah. here we are seeing it here's here i am seeing it for the first time like what how does like the the vatican how does sagrada familia how does celtic myth like what does a japanese person look you know they're coming up for you know inside of um, ancestor worship inside shinto or nothing maybe you're a freaking japanese atheist but the thing is you're coming from the other side of the globe from a very different culture and it's like but and yet you're looking at all this european stuff and, and it, i love it. i love the way it shoots through the prism you know it reflects all this stuff and you see them break it, it the language seems to make so much sense when you watch these monsters these gigantic you know fantasy sized monsters and it's like there's there's a specific asian pan asian rim way of looking at a lot of western culture and i th- i think it's beautiful i mean i think that stuff is beautiful and 
it's great appropriation. I mean, I'm, I'm inclined to completely yeah. agree with you. Why not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, that's why it's, it's so much fun to see. Elden Ring is an action RPG set in a dark fantasy world. I mean, it says something when there's a topic that seems obvious to us and it's a video game because we're so not in that world. Uh, so the question is why? Like, why has this been so successful? Uh, obviously, there was a lot of hype for it and it's gotten great reviews. So what is it about Elden Ring that accounts for the mania? Now, how about a few vertical reasons here? Because you got the imprimatur from software. You know, the name it, name is known now the world round. Such a confusing name. It's a little confusing software. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of a who's on first kind of situation, but yeah, I mean, it's right. like you know, like what what company is it from? From yes, from. that's what I'm asking. What company? I told but, you from. But these guys, you know, their their uh, numbers in Japan are crazy. It's like that's a homegrown thing. They, they, you know, and then it conquered the world beyond Japan. But it's like it it had such an it, like an insane amount sold instantly, and then as it rained out across the planet Earth in all different languages, it made this this really wild these wild numbers. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's these guys in Rockstar Games are pretty much known right now as the one and two, and they're jockeying for which one's one and which one's two along the way. Um, but I mean, I think that's that's the name brand, that's the name recognition. The game itself has it like this loony bin level of intricacy uh, that's intense, you know. And I mean, the audience is pre-sold, and even from when I was a more a busy game player, either when we were kids playing Nintendo or, or Sega Genesis in high school, or after after college when I got my PlayStation, and I've kept a PlayStation or an Xbox pretty much continually since then, even if I just barely use it throughout the year. Um, I mean, I thought like, oh, going from the freaking A B button on the Nintendo Square controller with the little directional thing to what this looks like uh, in a relatively short, you know, twenty five years, you've increased the level of intricacy and the options, like the. You know, you were just talking about the readout, the heads-up display on the menu. What about, like, when you go to the sub-menu to start making fucking yeah, arrowheads? Yeah, there's yeah, a lot there. Jesus. There's a lot there. But but I feel like if your brain is used to video games, yeah. it's re- that's why I say relatively simple. It's not simple to I, I, yeah, desiccated when, brains like us. When you're, when, you're, when you're diving through menus like that, that stuff still yeah. seems daunting to me, and I'm like, oh. oh my, totally. But we're old and, and wasted. Yeah. That's not, you know, we're not the market, man. But you know, like there, uh, this was actually the case with uh, with Red Dead Redemption, the Cowboy series, and with the Grand Theft Autos, which which those those games take place in, in facsimiles of cities. There's there's it's, a it's, the proper plural is Grand Thefts Auto. Grand's Theft Auto, yeah. Grand's Thefts Autumn. <laughs> Ryan's Worlds, yeah. But uh, those games actually require you to to eat. Like they they do mention they. I think that after after a while, there is a level, almost like a pedantic level of detail for like maintenance. You know, like what you said before about how your sword starts to get like dinged from using it. I'm like, there you're starting to get a little deep for me. Like, I don't want to have to go to a blacksmith as part of my. I like, can I just play this game and kill the, the right. monster goat guy? I I did I did see one criticism that said like fuck that shit. <laughs> um, one thing I like though is like to rest you I like this wording you have to recharge yourself from the flask of crimson tears yeah I have one of those over here by the way for looking right. for it so, 
Well, but at least if you have to sit and have a drink, they, they make it poetic and kind of interesting. Instead of saying, you know, press A, B to go take a leak, you know, like it's, more, <laughs> it's a little less pedestrian than that, it sounds yeah. like. Anyway, so what, you tell me, why, why do you think it's popular? Well, I, I've already hinted at some of these things. The, the Game of Thrones brand, I mean, it's not officially branded Game of Thrones, but when you can slap George R. R. Martin's name on it. And All right, how many R's? How many R's? Really 17 R's. Uh, who knows what, it, you know, I, I mean, frankly, I don't think he did much. I think they drove a tractor trailer truck of money to his house, took him on a private flight to Tokyo. He watched an hour and a half of footage, gave a thumbs up and, you know, went right back home to wherever the hell he lives and started spending the money. Um, but, you know, you got the, the GOT, G-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-M brand, the Souls brand, the um, Miyazaki brand. That's yeah. his name, Miyazaki? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. yeah. Um, um, the fact that it's just beautiful and gorgeous. It's just a real kind of thing to look at especially if you're predisposed to liking video game kind of aesthetic um you know i said before video games are addictive but i wonder if this is good addictive you know it's using your brain in a creative way almost like doing a crossword puzzle right like like the strategy the fact that you need to adjust your combat approach with each unique enemy i mean that sounds like a we talked about wordle a few weeks ago and a, a good way to addictively use your brain. Yeah, yeah, I can see um, that. Also, the game is so deep. There are new corners. I read a review, a glowing review, where the guy says, I played this for hours and I was still discovering new things. So this game seems to have a lot of value, a lot of playability, a lot of discussability online, if that's a word, right? I'm sure these nerds on Discord are talking about this as much as they're playing it, right? So many things to discover, so many things to have an opinion on. So I, one thing that I, I, I briefly went down a rabbit hole about is there's like this monster that's a siren and you hear its call and you go and chase it and then it tries to kill you. And people are just saying, I like that siren song. The siren should be on Bandcamp. You know, just silly stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure the, the game creators did that on purpose. Like when you create a game now, you're like, all right, what's going to get people talking on Discord? And I think they, they, they hit that bullseye here. Uh, and then let's talk about my history of liking video games. I never play video games now, except if you count Wordle or the occasional game of Tetris. I still but play Wordle, by the way, every day. Oh, I play it too. It's great. Uh, but as a teenager, I, you know, I had an Atari when I was really young, and I had a Game Boy as a teenager. And I would go to the video arcade. And, you know, this is the early 90s, and I loved fighting games. And I'll get to that in the next segment, but um, I think fighting games can have a lot of benefit in a possibly good, maybe not, way to get your aggression out, right? Like, you know, I said earlier wanting to punch video game playthrough people in the face. I don't really want to do that, but wherever that emotion comes from, you know, I think it could be easily translated to, you know, destroying a... a a, a, a flying dragon monster that is trying to knock me off my horse. That's another cool thing about this game. You could fight people from, you have a magical horse and you whistle, the horse shows up and you could fight people while riding on the horse. So there's so many variations here, but that's a side note. Um, so I think this game puts together a lot of things that from my layman's point of view, really give it a lot of value and a lot of appeal. So why wouldn't it be a success? The lands between are vast and offer a high level of freedom for explorers. Noah, uh, would you have liked this game if you were a small whelp? Fuck yeah. 
I would have loved this. This is way up there into the top of the list of all the topics we talked to in terms of stuff I'd like when I was a kid. Now, I don't like, I said, I don't like Game of Thrones. I don't like Lord of the Rings. I don't like fantasy. None of that. And I never really did, but I had my moments. I read a couple fantasy books as a kid. And I think the fantasy element here would be no barrier at all to me loving this game. As I said, I love the fighting games. I loved, you know, one thing we've bonded on more when I was a teenager than at any other point in my life, loved comic books. And one of the things I loved was, you know, seeing Batman beat the shit out of a bunch of crooks, stuff like that. So the fighting thing, you know, I always dreamed that I would be a karate master, and obviously I never was. I did study Taekwondo, but, you know, I didn't get good at it. I think I'd be so into just the level you know i'd be born into the video game a little more so this stuff would click with me it would be a lower bar of mental entry and i just think the way you could fight and be so creative and so violent but in a creative way and all the variations of the cool monsters i think i would love 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 this game i'd be addicted to it and um you know this would be my life i would have dropped out of school i would have quit my job i'd be sitting there in a puddle of my own filth it would be great and I'm reminded of um, a video game I really liked when I was probably eight, when we got our first Apple IIe, a game on like a floppy disk. I got to look this up. It was a game called The Fortress of the Witch King and very rudimentary. And you were sort of on a journey to like get the special map and kill the special monster and get to the Witch King's fortress and kill the Witch King. And I finished it a couple times. You know, there were like basically no images, extremely rudimentary, but I loved it. I spent hours playing it. I still remember the music, all that. And this would just be that to the 8 millionth degree. Yeah, that stuff was like theater of the mind almost back in the old days. Yeah, well, I mean, there's something to that, but oh my God, I would love this yeah i just love it love it love it i'm too old that ship has sailed but if i were a kid fuck yeah yeah i mean it's like i'm inclined to love it today it's just that this isn't uh i marvel at this game i i i don't want to get into it because i'm afraid of the time suck i just don't have five weeks a lot of my friends on twitter you're you're uh, very busy with your other work i know i have a lot of things to do and i'm in in demand i'm I'm needed around the continent right now but yeah. the time suck of a lot of my friends who have full lives and they have they have relationships and jobs and it's like they have just eaten away they've been eaten away at like by battery acid by this thing you know they don't regret a single minute of it they, it's so rewarding they love they wake up do that again the the aforementioned pile of filthy we're just describing before but I mean I, I mean as a kid in particular sure I was I mean yeah, wholeheartedly I was boggled and scrambled by the size of a, a game uh, called Final Fantasy VII which is a, a formative benchmark in the history of video games uh, uh you know it, as a thing that started to become a thing in the late 70s and, and, and continues today has only gotten bigger and bigger and bigger that was a role-playing game that came out for playstation and i mean it changed the industry it, it there not that there weren't role-playing games before that but that game was a pan-cultural event and i found it and i don't usually play games like that not up to that point and i found it and it was it was a my friend ken like we played it we coordinated our playing and we report to each other we came to college and we came to work uh and that game only had 40 to 80 hours of gameplay at maximum i mean it's like what that gigantic heave in 1997 felt like uh you know like this dwarfs that this is inflationary where it goes up in terms of every everything you could possibly want to inflate by 25 years has become inflated in in a good way uh, so yeah, this is the logical next step uh, of everything that I've ever played. It's just that I'm kind of like pumping the brakes. It's just a lack of enthusiasm 
for playing this game now when I could almost like you know just get the best experience from watching it reading it marveling at it without um falling into the black hole the, the yawning maw where it just takes you and spits you out uh, on the other side cycle through your equipped armaments by pressing left or right on the d-pad metaphorically a question we always ask on this does the success of elden ring it's elder it's not the elden ring it's just elden ring just elden ring yeah please that's his elden. father call him eldy LD, my, yes, please call me call me Mr. Ring. Um, the success of Elden Ring uh, in any way herald the further doom of the human race? No, I don't think so. This is, it's extremely well made. This is a thing of high quality. Uh, no matter how you look at it, you can't argue with the um, the mastery that went into this. There are few things. I mean, you know, that's kicking out to our our our, our scale question later on. But it's like there are a few things we've looked at that have had this level of preparation. But that's, you know, um, this idea that we are looking at an, epo an epochal, epochal? How would you say that? How would you say that word, Noah? Uh, epochal? I think, it's, I think it's epochal, but it's epochal? a terrible word. I yeah. like it. I like it. But this, really? the, this, this, right. this, this game is not the only one, but I think that it should prove to be a bellwether for a lot of people who aren't paying attention in terms of the way... Uh, media is competing with itself for your attention and it's and it's changing in front of you in terms of the way we used to digest media is is you know there are plenty you can read books if you want to christ there's still a few magazines left on earth you can go to movies and of course you know everybody's familiar with uh you know tiktok and apps and social media and youtube and there's all this but all this stuff is kind of like um in a way you know, competing for your attention and there's multi-screen situations and, and, and all that stuff. But, you know, think of the, the size of the production of this game is rivaled the, the longest feature film production you can think of. It almost took as much time to build this as it did uh, Apocalypse Now back in from 1975 to 1980, uh, however, however long it take to make that movie. That took five years to make that movie? Yeah, because it was on ice for a couple of years. And then the edit took a long time. Yeah, it was that was a very troubled production. But you do get this massive, you know, piece of art, this sui generis piece of art at the end of it. Um, you know, this, this had five years. You have all these thousands of people working on it uh, at the game company. You know, people... You're coming up with, you're building 80 hours of, of, you know, 80 to 120 hours, weeks and weeks and weeks of, of replayability in this in this thing. That is an insane amount of work. That is this a massive crystal cathedral that you're, you're assembling by hand. So this is kicking movies ass. You know, in addition, all the things on planet Earth right now that are whipping feature films ass and the theatrical experience, it's like, you know... Uh, Warner Brothers was treating an AT&T Warner Brothers I guess you could say was treating The Batman most recently which we covered on this show like a movie has to make a billion dollars to make their multinational huge conglomerates you know that's that's got to be the thing and the, Bat the Batman is not going to make a, a billion dollars the way Joker did I weirdly enough Joker which cost 70 million so, you know? so are they considering the Batman to be a bomb uh, not a bomb, but it is disappointing. How about put it that way? It's disappointing. Give me a fuck. It's sick. What it's do these sick. people expect? But this, this is the shit. thing. Uh, my 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 new argument these days, and I don't want to get off track here too much. But my new argument these days is that movie uh, movies feature film, as it exists in in the, in the cinema, which I you know I'll be honest, since pandemic, I'm not really going back to the movie theater as much as I might have beforehand. But 
it, movies are, are supposed to behave like apps. Movies are supposed to behave like an iPhone release. They really are expecting a billion dollars from Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, or something like that. And, you know, mo movies can't do the same thing video games can do, especially if you look at what this video game could do. You, you could say you're playing a movie, but that's, that's facetious because you're playing a series of novels. You're playing a fucking six seasons of television show. You're not even playing it. It's like you're living inside of it. A movie can't compete with this. And, and yet we're seeing pushing the feature film has to look has to behave in the same way that this does rather than the other way around. You know, a movie is a passive experience. It's they're great. I love movies. I, I, I that is my preferred art form. I've devoted a lot of time to scholarship of it. Um, you know, but the thing is, it's like as the world moves on, it demands more of your art uh, than just sitting back and watching it, especially when you have something like this proving that there is a very trans, a wholly transformative experience. Just sitting around the corner if you have a PlayStation 5, you know, in fifty nine ninety five to to buy this damn thing. I mean, I definitely agree with you that it's not Armageddon. I don't really see what the problem is in terms of media cannibalizing itself. I mean, there's always been different types of media, certainly in recent decades. And fuck it, movies need to change. I mean, I'm glad that, you know, movies are going streaming streaming is going to take over and i, I mean i like going to the theater anyway, uh, I'm, I'm with i'm here. with you there too yeah I, I i i'm off topic here uh this is not armageddon i'm even going to be optimistic and say this might be the op or an indication of the opposite of armageddon because i think there's a good chance that the ultimate downfall of humanity will be able you know whatever creatures rise after us or whatever remains of the human race in the next civilization will pinpoint the problem as starting from social media, right? I think social media is what enables people like Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene to attain power, right? Um, and I, I feel like this could be an antidote to social media because it's something else to do idly while you're sitting around, but it's way more creative. It doesn't take your brain down disgusting rabbit holes, um, it's it, way more artistic. It's I mean, it's agreed upon. It's a, an agreed upon reality, right? This, yeah, this game. Yeah, but no one thinks this is real. No one, no, no one thinks this is the, the actual way the world works. I, no, I'm agreeing with you that I think that the, the, I'm agreeing the, with you. I'm not arguing the with game, you. The game, the game offers. You know, you, you may customize it, but it's like you are inside the same game, have a different experience. But it's like you are not having so you you. It is still gameplay. It is still controlling your hand, and you're still experiencing well, the same landscape. And you're agreeing it's fantasy, unlike social media, where you can't agree that, you know, Hillary Clinton drinking the blood of children in the basement of a pizza place is fucking insanity, right? We is can't that, agree is that from on the that game anymore. or is it real? What are you talking about now? Oh, that's a, it's, the problem is people treat it like a game. Um, also, one of the things we harp on about over and over again on the show is the death of expertise, right? And we said from moment one, you cannot argue this game is, you know, I see where the 150 million went, right? This game is well made. There's art to this. There's craft to this. There's creativity to this. And it's the most popular thing. Like, yes, thank you. You know, it's not a fucking YouTuber who's just saying nothing and makes zillions of dollars. It's not a band that's, you know, a DJ who's noodling on his freaking Casio for 20 minutes and gets paid $50 million in Vegas. It's actual, you know, talented, creative, hardworking artists getting paid and recognized as such. Should your soul's junkie boyfriend get you addicted to Elden Ring? And my answer is, can I get it? 
Let's smoke them souls all day long and then try that finger on the butthole. Hug it, big bug it, dang a lang. Noah, what about jealousy? Uh, how does this make you feel? How does it feel to be all alone? Um, I mean, I guess I could be jealous that this wasn't around when I was a kid and I couldn't play it when I was a teenager, but I could play it now if I really wanted to, but I'm too lazy to try to figure it out. I just know if I actually tried to play it, I would like just go, ah, just, I don't understand yeah, it. It'd be, that'd be and, a real, you know, real big curve difficulty yeah, for me to get in but, there. Yeah, but, you know, whose fault is that? If I got off my ass, got off, if I got off my metaphorical ass and stayed on my literal ass and really tried <laughs> to figure out this game, I'd probably be able to, because I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I do have a, a Bachelor of Arts degree from a reasonably respectable university. And um, I would, you know, probably be able to figure it out and might even have a lot of fun. And, you know, like I say, quit my job, you know, stop talking to all my friends and, you know, waste away in a puddle of my own filth. Um, You know, if I really wanted that, I could do that. So I guess if I am jealous, whose fault is that? It's my own. So there you go. Yeah, I don't have the time or, well, I I don't have the time to, to invest in it. I know I could, I could go down a rabbit hole here. But I also don't have, I don't have the attraction to this particular form of game. Um, you know, running over people on the sidewalk uh, in Grand Theft Auto <laughs> is for some reason it applies to the sick fuck in me. I can't. I wait. Wait. Is that what you're supposed to do, or do you just do that for fun? You're I supposed do, to run over for, people on the hours sidewalk for fun. I just drive back and forth on the sidewalk. Oh, man, you are people dangerous. I am people dangerous. do not let your children near this. You moment. don't need this. Luckily, no one. No, there's not a threat for anybody. Yeah. So, but the thing is, you know, either either because of the time or the inclination. Uh, yeah, I, I am actually jealous because this this does look maybe the best that's ever been. You know, and it's going to be a clip by the next thing that's coming. Uh, so the thing is, it's like looking at the best it's ever been, especially if it's what I consider my arena. Uh, yeah, and maybe for the same reason you say it's like you're withholding yourself from yourself, and so I'm jealous of the people who gave over to it and have this long history with all these, um, like you said, the Dark Souls games or the Bloodborne, all the precursors along the way. Yeah, I, I through February I saw these really cool people who I respect intellectually, I look up to as sort of cultural ombudsmen, especially people who come out of the movie movie chatter world that I like to inhabit. And I, I really dug the fact that they were having this gestalt experience and I wasn't part of it. So I was definitely jealous of that. But I realized it's like, well, I could get into it, but I'd probably just wind up frisbeeing the controller across the room and breaking something <laughs> by accident. So. All right, Noah, let's uh, go into the, the home stretch here. What about the Felonian scale? Uh, X, Y, Z axis of all the things we look right. at on our show. I, I like uh, that you use frisbee as a verb. I yeah, appreciate that. I believe it. Uh, so let's look at video games you talked about before. Now, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I can think of three video games we've previously looked at, unless mm-hmm. you count Wordle. Minecraft. No, we're not, we didn't look at Minecraft. Fortnite. We didn't look at Minecraft. We always said we were going to. Fortnite, yeah. Untitled Goose Game, and Hearthstone. Yeah, there was a block game, too. Remember that stupid block uh, game thing? Uh, no, it's not a game. It's a way to build Roblox. It's Roblox. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't count that. that. It was bullshit. So I, I'm going to keep it really simple today. This is Fortnite, Untitled Goose Game, Hearthstone, the sum of the three. Maybe the sum of the three times two, because I'm much more impressed with this than any of those. I fucking hated Fortnite. I found Untitled Goose Game to be five minutes of fun, and then I was out of there. And Hearthstone I didn't get much out of. So this is much better than all of those, but I'm still never going to play it. <laughs> Your mantra. 
my uh, mantra today. You have that I'm etched never, in, etched ever, in the, ever gonna play. like acid etched glass oh, on your yeah. desk, like a little CEO exactly. uh, nameplate, a placard. Exactly. The buck stops here. This game has a level of purity that is, I would say, peerless. Really, almost difficult to match. But you know, not even just in terms of game, but but the quality of this craft is kind of peerless to some degree. Even even amongst other topics, games games are no. I mean, to, to for me to attempt to quantify it. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, you could also, you know, it, it's you call your own shot. You make your own thing out of it. Again, you can, you can if you want, you make arrowheads and, or you can just become a spellcaster. You can probably make fucking omelets in this game if you want. I don't even know. But, I mean, I, I would give it such lofty praises. I would say, yeah, almost have like a smushed together version, a weird portmanteau. Of like, like for me, talking Sopranos and like Euphoria in terms of uh, that is random, dude. That's why I think smushing the two of these things together and not actually playing the game to to rupture it with frustrations of gameplay. And again, the aforementioned breaking of control panels and or you know low hanging light fixtures is almost the perfect way to do it. So that's where I would rank it. Now I'm picturing uh, both Steve Sharippa and Zendaya in armor on a mystical steed. Waving a sword at a giant, you know, winged, uh, pterodactyl-looking giant goat-head matters. Goat-head matters, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, I guess the consensus, we basically agree. We're very impressed with Elden Ring. We think it's great, but we're never going to play it. So there you go. <laughs> hey, guys. Done. Out of there. If you want to find past episodes of our show, look on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Show. Write to us, noandbilldon'tgetit at gmail.com. Give us a review on the aggregators. Uh, the more people find, more people list please, reviews. Please review us. Yeah, it, it kicks up our algorithmic uh, activity. Dude, I listened to a podcast the other day, just randomly found it, because I got on a kick reading about the Donner Party, and um, I wanted to listen to podcasts about the Donner Party. And the first one I found was these two guys in like Texas. One of the worst podcasts I've ever heard in my life. And that's the first and, one you were led to. Right, and I re- and I wrote a review. I gave him one star. I think the headline was pretty awful, and I was amazed. Everyone else was talking about how great and how funny they were. They didn't have one joke. So we got to be. I'm not going to name names. We got to be better than this podcast. So please give us a more than one star review. We appreciate that. I'm on Twitter at William Scurry. My video content, my essays about film topics and small little goofy make ups is on YouTube at YouTube.com/slash/AMCaesar. And now here's this guy Noah. He does he does some chatting. I do some chatting about the big quiz thing. Bigquizthing.com, the finest providers of custom uh, private and corporate trivia events nationwide, worldwide. A bill Saturday night. I was back. I've done a few in-person events, you know, since the world is somewhat returned. But this was like my first big corporate one at like a resort in Napa. And man, it felt good. So, uh, you know, come have me feel good for you or uh, many of our other fine quiz masters nationwide. So bigquizthing.com, learn all about what we do, how we do it. And uh, we have a public event coming up at The Crossing in San Francisco. Beautiful outdoor space. We did a great event there in February. Another one coming up April 24th. Lovely Sunday afternoon of trivia hosted by me. Free to play. Bigquizthing.com. So until the next needlessly Baroque and Byzantine uh, skeleton monster filled episode. We don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2022.